What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human beings too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how many years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual combo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. We are so grateful that you're here. So if you enjoy this podcast and want to connect further, we invite you to follow along on Instagram at what the actual fork pod and subscribe, rate and review our podcast so we can continue to share this message with more and more people. Now let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of What the Actual Fork podcast. I was just telling Sam before we hit record that my FYP recently has protected me from a lot of drama. Um, so I don't think I have a What the Actual Fork moment to share. So I'm going to kick it over to you, Sam. What do you got for us today? I'm like, shit, do I have one? <laughs> like now, I feel like this isn't a What the Actual Fork, but it was the, f- I was sharing with you off air how I was just in Penn state this past weekend. Um, wait, you would have died. My flight home was like delayed. I didn't get home till 2 AM. And it was just like, such after a, a weekend at Penn state. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. And I was like, you know, a little struggling at my layover. I like had a bandaid on my face still from <laughs> this, like no makeup on. I'm in like straight up pajamas and they sit me at this table And I kind of like make eye contact with the girl they sat next to me. And she was like, I follow you on TikTok. And I was like, oh my God, hi. (laughs) And I just felt so bad because I was like, you're getting such an unenthusiastic version of me right now. But we ended up like having dinner together and chatting. And she Wait, was that's wonderful. so cute. Yeah. Um, was she coming from state college also? <laughs> no, she was coming from a bridal shower. Um, but Alexi, shout out to you. Met her at LaGuardia Airport. Um, but no, I. the one thing I wanted to share with you at my Penn State weekend, which I'm interested to see if you've ever had one. I know you're oh, pregnant boy. now. I have never had an espresso martini until this I haven't either I'm terrified of them oh my well I feel like we we're literally saying I feel like they are the the worst um, thing for your health they're they're like (laughs) the four loco of 2023 a hundred but I will say yeah what year are we in (laughs) they were definitely well I feel like they came out back and like I forget when they got big because I had been going through IVF and then pregnancy and postpartum I just like never had one and then they were necessary this past weekend, but there were so many funny things I want to share with you. And then I'm going to pass it back over to you. One for all of our Penn Staters, the gaff was closed. No, the entire weekend. No, like we, you know how it has like the metal door that gets pulled down. We just like went in front of it and we're like banging on it. We're like, <laughs> let, let me in. in. <laughs> um, it was so funny. We met these women that were like, from they graduated like 30 years ago and they were like no and like everyone I swear it was like a scene from the movies um because I guess the previous weekend was 
senior week. So they just like shut down after because it's probably like a shit show and they just like need a break. <laughs> um, My best and worst memories from college are at the calf. <laughs> so other funny thing. So this is like a reunion, right? We do a dinner Friday night at Allen Street Grill, like when we couldn't afford that in college. Now we like, now it's like the whole bill is like $200 and we're like laughing for six for like months. seven of you, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and we were like, should we go home? Because at this point we're like in our jammies, like looking at college pictures, like crying, we're laughing so hard, like, you know, which we'll talk about what we would tell our younger selves here in a bit. Um, I have a lot to say to her. Um, but we're like, no, you know what? We love pickles, bell pickles around the corner. We're like, let's go to pickles for like a nightcap. We walk into pickles and I'm like, there's a lot of men here. Now I thought I maybe saw some faces I recognized. No way. Like, and I was like, Hmm. Now we're a trip of six girls, one single gal, all the rest of us married, two of us with kids, you know, whatever. Then I started to be like, Oh, I know who exactly who these men are. It was the Penn State hockey alumni weekend. Oh no. And the entire <laughs> hockey team of many generations was there. So this was just like it's their first annual. So of course, I start firing off texts to people being like, you should be here as an honorary member of the hockey alumni weekend. But it ended up being really fun. We had a few friends from a few different classes that I knew well. Um, and it, it was just, it was really funny and it was a fun weekend and there was just a lot of laughter. I haven't laughed that hard in a really long time. Speaking of Penn State hockey, I was walking my dog the other day and you know how like you <laughs> save a phone number, like in your phone, like in your phone and like, you haven't seen it in like forever. I was walking Quincy. I was like legit in my pajamas and I get this text from some, a member of the Penn State hockey team, like back when I was in college. And I'm like, there's a butt dial and like close it. And I'm like, I'm not going to open, like, I'm going to keep walking, whatever. Like I open it. He's like, Jenna, I just saw you walking your dog on XYZ street. I moved down the street from you. I'm like, I literally haven't seen this name pop up on my phone since like 2008. <laughs> like, what are the chances? That is hilarious. You recognized me. Oh, I was dying. Oh, I wish I was with you. I was watching your stories and I was like, I don't even recognize where she is. Like, that's how far removed I am from Ben State. Oh, yeah. It was, I mean, <laughs> we spent a lot of time at Pickles. The gaff was closed. I call it the second, but that's not the name of it. It's the bar. I think it's called the local or local whiskey above the first. It's like owned by the first. And it's like a boot. That's where we had like had all our espresso martinis. Okay. Um, but, but Sunday we just walked all around campus. I mean, it was so beautiful and it's just like, it's just this nostalgia bubble. It's wild. I need. I just needed my phone to figure out how many years I've been out of college, and it's fourteen. <laughs> like, well, mine's that, ten. Our, like, this was like our ten-year reunion. Oh. Did you used to go to Irving's back in the day at Penn State? Yeah, for sure. So we like got Irving's every day. Shout out to our favorite smoothie, the Joe Papaya smoothie. We were just like hopping around Wait, all our. Did you favorite- go to the creamery? So we walked past it on Sunday, but we like literally just ate and had like huge lot like ice lattes in our hands. So we were, it just like wasn't the right time, Mm -hmm. but of course it was packed and buzzing. Walked through East Halls, got a picture. I was with my current 
or my freshman roommate, my current very good friend. <laughs> so we took our picture outside McKean Hall. Like it's just, it. we also found, I can't read them because of many reasons, but we found my, my freshman roommate. I want to hear about your freshman roommate, but my freshman roommate and I met in like one of those Penn State Facebook groups <laughs> and we, okay, I'm like scared to say this because if anybody hears it, it could be very detrimental. So if you go into your Facebook, anybody you're friends with, mm -hmm. you can pull up your chat with them Stop. since the beginning of time. Stop. First of all, you I'm and looking. I need to pull our chat up together. <laughs> when I tell you, you we, we acted out, I read my part, she read her part. We read our back and forth of how we started talking and basically like flirting and interviewing each other. Oh my God. We were crying, laughing, like, but also wait, it's terrible. <laughs> Jenna, remove Facebook, seal it with a bomb because it's scary. Wait, I'm looking at, I'm going <laughs> to, you and I don't have any, but my friend, one of my best friends, Brooke, who, wow, our first message to each other is from October, 2005. <laughs> yes. It goes all the way back. I'm like, how does Facebook, people are worried about TikTok information sharing. Uh, no, we got TikTok in 2020. You want to cancel someone? Go on Facebook and read your chats. It is, you're going to cry laughing, send it to all your friends. Wait, there are so many, like between her and I, Brooke, if you ever listen to this, it's, we send each other like those chain messages, like don't break this chain. Yes. <laughs> Dude, you will be crying. Send this your back hands. in 15 minutes. <laughs> you will be crying laughing when you start to read your conversations. Um, So that's what this weekend, it was just like belly laughing with girls and figuring that out and also being very scared to open old Facebook I am apps. dying I cannot wait to tell my friend so it's funny I don't know I think you I don't think that you are the same because I know you have some very close friends from high school but I have few friends from high school that I've like kept in touch with like very consistently but my college Penn State best friends are like my life yes. um like that that's my mom crew like none of them nobody lives near me but, yeah same um, I'm in like, Florida I, right? I live myself so I get it <laughs> but like that is I think back to like that life and like there's so many things which we'll get into in a second that I wish I could have changed or could change but like what a blessing it is if you are able to go to college and like that type of experience and like live either with or around the corner from like your six best friends, seven best friends, whatever it is. And like, be like, Hey, who wants to go do X, Y, Z. And like, there's always someone available, like, especially in this season of life right now, where it's like, in order to do something like you and I have to plan like six months in advance to see each other and get childcare and whatever else and make sure one of us isn't pregnant. Um, <laughs> it's just so different. I, I long for that sometimes. So I just had Sienna's first birthday party so and crazy. my parents, <laughs> yes, so crazy. And my parents were in town and it was actually funny before my mom came, she texted me 
So tell me about AG1. And I was like, well, it sounds like you've been listening to my podcast with Jenna. And it's funny. She does this where like, she'll listen to something or see something on social and just text me out of the blue. But like, so I you've been Sue- scrolling today. <laughs> yeah. So you've been scrolling, but I gave Sue the rundown of why we love AG1. I drink AG1 first thing in the morning with a big old glass of water. And it makes me feel happy that I'm getting 75 vitamins and minerals first thing right out of the gate. So I sent her home with a ton of the travel packs and she was a fan. That's amazing. AG1 to recap for everyone, if this is the first time you're hearing us talk about it, is a high quality vitamin, essentially. It's made with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients. And it delivers benefits like helping you increase your overall hydration for the day because you drink it, which I think is an awesome benefit. Um, It also delivers benefits like immune system and sleep support, sustained energy, and so much more. If you want to give AG1 a try and get five free AG1 travel packs, and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase, go to drinkag1.com forward slash fork. That's drinkag1.com forward slash fork. Check it out. We were walking up like, you know, around the corner from McClanahan's. We were walking like up Shortledge, like going into the hub. These words. And, And I was just like, you know, and I think this is like every season of life, this could ring true, but like, obviously when, yeah, it's like, we're six best friends that live nowhere near each other. We're all together for this weekend. We're in like a time warp. And it's like, you had no idea how good you had it. And not that that means like my life sucks now by any means, it's just very different. And every stage of life is like that. I feel like when you're in college, you look back at high school and you're like, oh my God, the things I worried about. And then, you know, you're in post-grad life and you look back at college and you're like, holy shit, how was I stressed? And now I'm like married with a child running a business. (laughs) And I'm looking back at Penn State being like, what I would give to know what I know now and go back and relive these years with a different perspective. Like, yeah, it's just, it's insane. So I started, that's like a perfect segue into what I would love to chat about today because I started thinking like tomorrow I turn 36, which is like, I'm no longer mid thirties. It will be my late thirties, which Again, like when I was 14 years younger in college, like I thought this was like ancient. I thought this was like my mom. Um, And now I am a mom and I'm like, I'm so young. (laughs) Right. But like, there is so much as like a quote unquote elder millennial that like, I wish I could go back and tell my younger self. And it's funny, not funny, but I got an alert today on my, I was like logging into my Google drive and it was like, you are dangerously out of space. Um, It's like, do you want to start deleting things? So like, I'm going through like so much old shop right stuff that I'm like goodbye calendars like all of that (laughs) stuff that was in there still but I found like this whole folder of like workout videos and I started thinking I was watching like a couple of them and like all I could think about and these are from like nine years ago and I'm looking at them and I'm like how could this human being be so unhappy with that body And like watching like how strong I am in them and like 
you know, just all of the things that just goes to show, like it's never about your body. And I, there's so much that I wish that I could go back and tell that younger version of me and for sure the college version of me who ate like those big, huge bags. I didn't have an allergy at the time. I used to eat like a bag of nuts and cheese as like my meal. It was like keto before keto was cool. And like, then go binge drink all night. <laughs> like- I, I, I listened to everything you said and I echo it and I can't wait to get into this, you know, these tips and things, but I could not help. I was like trying not to giggle because whenever you said fitness videos, all I could think about was the videos that shop, right? When we did fitness, fitness Friday, I still have those. You better watch out. Maybe, uh, maybe as promo for this episode, we'll have Chelsea share those on social to be like, if you want to know what the fuck these videos are, listen to the podcast this week. Um, I can't, I can't even think about that without cringing and, and whatnot. So, all right, well, let's go back and forth. I want to hear from you first of whether it's college version of Jenna, just younger version of Jenna. What is one thing you wish you knew then, or that you could tell your younger self? I think, you know, and again, this comes with time and experience and like wisdom and like, you know, coulda, shoulda, woulda, but Everything when I look back at like the pattern is I was constantly searching for a quote unquote happiness to be found in the pursuit of changing my body. And even when I was very heavy air quotes successful in changing my body, it never brought happiness and it only hurt my health. But like when you think about like the stages of life, like the college version, I remember doing all of the things to like keep myself, you know, wherever I thought I needed to be. I remember when I moved to Hoboken, how dangerous really and unhealthy my habits were. Um, And, you know, even in that fitness era of my life, like I looked quote unquote healthy throughout all of these stages, but in no way, shape or form were any of those versions of myself healthy. Mm. Like, and so it's a really tough lesson. And I don't know that somebody when they're 18 years old is ready to hear it, but like, you have to understand that like your health and your weight are not the same thing. Mm. And like, how do you tell someone who's 18 that? I don't know. (laughs) If you're listening, let us know if this resonates with you. Well, I think it's what we do on social every day, right? Is we just plant our seeds and put our messages out there and it's not our job or responsibility to convince people, but if, and when they're ready to digest that information, hopefully here it is, here it is (laughs) because you think about it and it's this like constant hamster wheel of chasing this like thin ideal or this physical change, whatever that means to you. And like, it brings you back to the same place. And hopefully that's all it does because weight cycling, we know the health implications long-term of weight cycling. We know the mental health implications of the continual pursuit of wanting to change your body. And like, your best case scenario is that it brings you back to the same starting point, right? Like Mm. there are so many much less good scenarios for lack of a better term. We're filming later than normal today. As you can tell, I'm tired. (laughs) Jenna's reaching her peak. (laughs) I'm sweating. (laughs) But I think that that's like, 
again, it's just a pattern. And like, I've clearly been part of that pattern for many seasons of my life. And it's taken a really long time to like really be able to see that and get myself out of it, even as a registered dietitian. So I can imagine the frustration and the pain that others might feel. Yeah. Oof. That was a your good turn. <laughs> Yay. Well, I feel like this always happens where it's like patterns and themes and, you know, things that you're seeing on your account or things you're talking about. It just like is a perfect parallel. So I just hosted today for our, our membership at Fine Food Freedom. We did a masterclass called Physical Versus Mental Restriction. Oh, I saw that promo. That's a good one. Thank you. Yeah. It, I mean, it's so common for people, right? Because if the physical restriction is present, mental restriction will all, always be present. So for those listening, right? If you're if you're saying I'm not allowed to have X, Y, and Z physical restriction, then when you finally do eat X, Y, or Z, that mental restriction is going to be there of like, I shouldn't be eating this. Why am I doing this? I'm such a bad person. And people that go on their intuitive eating journey oftentimes will say to me, Sammy, I'm not physically restricting. Like I'm eating the carbs and the pizza and the cake and the cookies, but I still feel out of control. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you're physically eating it, but are you mentally and emotionally allowing yourself to enjoy the food? Or are is there still negative self-talk that's saying like, you know, I shouldn't be eating this. I'm such a bad person. Why can't I stop eating this? That's a good point. Because you can remove the physical restriction and the mental restriction is still there. So like you're anyways, getting the biological that, need, correct. but you're feeling the guilt or shame from it or because correct. of it. Correct. So in this masterclass, we dove deep into make peace with food and challenge the food police and the two principles and really how to integrate these with different counseling techniques and whatnot. And the the CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy model came up where I think of younger Sammy, who never had therapy, no. thought that therapy was only for people who were mentally ill or, you know, needed to be checked into a psych ward, you know, it had this, this stigma about it back in the day when it's like, no, literally everyone should be going to therapy. But so when we look at the CBT model, it, it's very, you know, your beliefs impact your thoughts, impact your behaviors. And I keep thinking about younger diet culture version of me and or any person that's entrenched in diet culture they're saying, and when I say they, like me as the younger me, just tell me what to eat. Just tell me what to do. Just tell me what calorie count to follow. Just tell me what macros to follow. Just like, just tell me what workout to do. Just it, it's the constant chase of the behavior change that if it were that easy, we wouldn't have this podcast. Like there'd be no such thing as intuitive eating because so much more than that. Right. Because, because then, then like it would just be like, okay, here you go. Do this done. Right. And so it, it makes me think of younger version of me. I wish so badly I would do anything to go back and know what therapy was and how to get curious about my belief systems, not only with nutrition and food and body image, but just, you know, all social injustice and, you know, race, sexuality, gender identity, like all of those things. But to look at like, what is your belief? Where did this come from? 
who taught you this? Where do you hear this? Where is it reinforced when you hold this belief? How does that affect your thoughts and how does that affect your behaviors? Because once you can recognize that cycle and that pattern, it's not about changing the behavior. You have to start with the belief. And in college, my be- or truly a lot of my life, but my disordered you know, self really came out in college. My belief was that smaller bodies are better bodies. My belief was that I'm not allowed to eat carbohydrates or carbohydrates are bad, right? And so if I'm holding those beliefs, it doesn't fucking matter what I try to do. Like everything is going to be firing at all cylinders from disordered ways. I'm not going to feel pleasant physically, mentally, emotionally. And so I just wish to boil it down to a much shorter uh, thing. I wish I went to therapy at a very I love that. Well, so to build off of that, because I think you just dropped some like huge knowledge bombs there that are like so important. So what would you tell to like build on that? How would somebody begin even to change their belief systems? If it's something that has been like, let's say passed on from their parents or from people that they really trust, right. Or like people that they really trust, even like the physical body one, like whether that was passed on from your family ties or not, like it's coming from places that somebody trusts, right. Which could be the media or social media or in today's world. It's like Matt and I always not joke. It's a terrible way to say it, but we always discuss how like kids today don't have a chance because of the addictive nature of social media and like what it provides for you. Right. So like, how would you suggest like the beginner change their belief system? Yeah, that's a great question. And I challenge it. Yeah. So I think the first step as much as people want, again, the fix it and the how to is the awareness piece because we have thousands and thousands of belief systems ingrained in us that are all so intertwined and affect one another. And so, you know, I would invite people to get a notebook out, start a note in your phone. And if we're, if we're, let's say for the sake of this podcast, keeping it food and body related to start to write down every belief that pops into your brain about diet culture. So if it's like, you know, carbs are bad, or this has too much sugar, or, you know, a smaller body is better, whatever it is, just build out a list of every belief. And then I think it's recognizing and building awareness that those are beliefs. They were taught to you. You were not born in this world thinking that your body is bad or that carbs are bad. And so then that next step is exactly what you said start to ask yourself once you have this list of beliefs or just start with one, where did I learn this? Hmm. Where did I hear this? What has reinforced this belief system? And then that next step is simply challenging. It doesn't have to be science-based, doesn't have to be research-based, but let's say if it's, I think carbs are bad, then just simply challenging that and saying, I deserve to eat carbohydrates because I'm a human being and my body and brain deserve their number one source of energy. So it's giving yourself grace that if you've had 5, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years of these belief systems, the diet culture belief systems, that it's going to take a lot of time to build awareness and to respond to them and challenge them. But I do think writing them down 
seeing them um, can be can be really helpful. That was so perfectly said. I think we can end the episode right here. <laughs> like, and, and scene, but not really. Not really. Um, I'm coming off of a masterclass. So honestly, no, I you are like well-versed like, and that was like poetic. And it's so true. And like, the only thing that I would add to it is something I, I find helpful with clients. And I have one client in specifics that we are, we're doing this work together and it's tough and it's challenging. And it's like, where is the truth? It's like two truths and a lie. It's like, okay, so if you believe that carbs make you a bad person, how would you separate that, untangle that? And like, what is a bad person to you? Like, mm-hmm. what does that mean? And like, what does a bad person do? Or like, for example, one of the ones we worked through together recently was like, I'm so lazy because I blah, blah, blah. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, what is a lazy per by definition, what is a lazy person? And we were like going through it. And she's talking about like lazy person X, Y, Z. And I'm like, okay, you're a mom. You're feeding her from your body, your child from your body. <laughs> like you have a full-time job. You have X amount of pets, you know, you're married. So there's like relationship that you're upholding here. Like you food shop, you do all like all of these things. Like a lazy person doesn't do all of these things. Like you can't be lazy and breastfeed. Like you just can't. Like, can't do it. I like, can, I can confirm that after nine months of breastfeeding, that is like, absolutely impossible. Right? Like it's just not by definition, they're not the same. So it's like, Can you meet these thoughts with some facts and some truths and understanding that like, you know, yes, you believe these things because you were taught these things and it's going to take some time to untangle them. But like, if we can meet them with reality, like it's so much easier to like get closer to like that untangling piece, which takes so much time, so much time and compassion. And I think, you know, when we think about the diet culture voices that exist in their in our heads, they're not compassionate. No. They're so fucking rude. And we would never speak that way to people we love. And so once we can start to recognize what our beliefs are and how those impact our thoughts and our emotions, you know, it we eventually be, can become kinder in how we respond to ourselves. And so it's Oh, it's so hard. And I think people want such a quick fix with it. But like, truly, I tell people, if you can even just be in the awareness stage, just having awareness of the thoughts and the mental restriction and all of that, that is, I mean, that's huge. That is, huge And stuff. sometimes that takes years to just even be in the awareness stage and not even making change or not even actively challenging yet. So... You know, another piece of that too, is that a younger me didn't understand is boundaries, right? So like in order to heal from those beliefs, you really need to set boundaries on the person who, or people who enforced them, right? Whether, and that's not saying, especially if it's your parents, it's not saying stay away from them. It's setting the boundary of we're not talking about this anymore. Mm -hmm. Or like this topic is off limits for me in this moment as I X, Y, and Z, or, you know, whatever that looks like, feels like is like for the person, but you really can't heal yourself from a thought process even, or a belief if somebody else is confirming, like, 
like negative bias, right? Like someone else's or confirmation bias. If someone else is confirming like your previous thought, right? Mm-hmm. So that's really tough. And that's something that old me definitely didn't understand. I had no boundaries. And like, that's also like probably so much of like the demise of that time frame. Oh, but, for sure. Right? Like that's something that I wish I understood more of. Um, and I feel like I'm still, and I think I'm going to be for the rest of my life with just being a recovering people pleaser and coming from diet culture. Like no matter how well-versed I am in therapy or boundary setting, I I truly think it's, it's one of the hardest things I've ever done. And so people can go back and listen. We did an episode not too long ago about boundaries, Mm. but I even think about like, I'll use this weekend as an example. Um, you know, I was such a people pleaser to my core in college. I lived my, my entire life was like to please others. Right. Like, and so if you're always trying to not disappoint others, you're always going to disappoint yourself. And Mm. so even this weekend, both nights, I ain't ashamed to say it. Mama looked down. I was like, I need to go to bed. Like, wow. And so, you know, I looked at my thing. I said, Hey, you guys stay out do your thing. This has nothing to do with you. I love you. See you in the morning. If anyone wants to hop in my Uber, I'm out. And a few came with me, a few stayed out and rallied. And so it's like, I would have never done that in the past. No. Because I'd be like, What do people think of me? Are they going to like me? Are they going to be mad at me? What's going to happen when I'm gone? What are they going to do? Like, nope, sure didn't do that this weekend. It was like, I'm ready for bed. I need sleep. And that's all it is. And carried on living my life. So like, that's just like a little example. That's not even like a diet culture example, but just of like, Hey, what stating what I need to people and recognizing. And again, like my girlfriends are like so supportive. It's not like anyone was like, you bitch, you don't want to hang out with us. Like someone could have done that, but they didn't. Um, So obviously it's like easy when you have very supportive people you're setting boundaries with, but recognizing no matter how the response would have been, like I'm stating my need and moving on. Right. And that's like so hard to do though. And even that, like there was still a part of me that was like, I don't want to know, but I was like, no, like I I need to go to bed. Like I need this. (laughs) Oh my God. That's one of the hardest things for me about girls trips is because like, there are two very different groups of like moms specifically, but also like, you know, what older girlfriends like it's the ones that can party still and the ones that can't and, and we're all the, the, in the camp, the camp. camp. <laughs> we were all in the can't camp but as soon as we walked into freaking bill pickles and it became a hockey reunion party i was ready to go to bed and then the next thing i do i look down on my phone it's 1 a.m and i'm like oh my god whoa get me like as soon as i saw the one i was like i had like a pure panic attack like it was i don't even know if i was tired i was just like I need to go it's to bed. so past my bedtime. Yeah. Like it was, it wasn't even, and like, I barely drank truly. Like I know we've talked about sober curiosity on here. Yes. Like I really didn't even have like barely a drink and I'm still freaking like it's bedtime. So yeah, I am so nice. in the camp and I'm going on a bachelorette party next weekend. Yes, I am pregnant, but like, I will be flexing my you better See you guys in the morning. That pregnancy <laughs> card, baby. Pull it out. The pregnancy the card is the best because you're like, oh. no one can tell me to drink. Oh. I can do whatever the fuck I want. I mean, again, you can do whatever the fuck you want when you're not pregnant. Always. But it just like the pregnancy card makes There's it like, like a respect, like, like a 
Yep. Like I'm growing a human. Bye. Bye. (laughs) I'm doing more work than you right now. (laughs) Yep. But no boundaries is such a good one because like I had zero boundaries in college and let people just bulldoze all over me. And then the amount of resentment that comes with boundaries when you don't set them, you resent people because you don't state your needs and you're holding this resentment around. Oh my gosh. It's, I would do anything to go back and understand what a boundary was. Yeah. I also think the next thing that I would share is like the, and this one's tough because this manifested in my life for a really long time and showed up in a lot of different ways. But like, I know you can relate to the, um, the elliptical and like the white building and I've oh got the arc oh, trainer. I did the right. blue one that you like, yes. like, seeing. like, like up and down and up yes. and down. And like this, like constant mental battle of earning your food or, you know, burning off every calorie that you quote unquote ate or creating a a deficit to fill it with, you know, the unhealthy college activities in the evening. Like I wasted so much time being stuck in that mindset where I could have been making memories, getting better grades, maybe (laughs) like studying, but also spending time with friends. And I think, you know, I have friends who never exercised, like that was just not like their thing. Mm -hmm. And they had their unhealthy, you know, relationships with things in other ways. But I think back to how much time I wasted trying to chase this like neutral space where like I I didn't change right maybe I wasn't chasing change quote unquote but it was like this fear of changing or like fear fear of weight gain like I need yeah like I I have to stay right here for like forever because anything different than that would be like detrimental so it was like this constant like wasting of time like waking up early or going to bed late and like oh I just know how much time that I wasted doing that throughout many phases of my life and I would love to take that back and also the tanning beds that I went to in high school and college (laughs) Please don't do that. Any youth listening right now? I don't even know if they're still a thing. I feel like they are. I feel like Retro Fitness still has tanning beds as like part of their membership perk. But like, please I feel like don't. I'm like holding us accountable that we both need to send Chelsea a picture of our younger selves because the entire weekend at Penn State, my girlfriends were like, Sammy, how was your skin this color? And how didn't any of us think to like say hey, you know, maybe shouldn't go tanning, you know? Um, My best friend worked in the tanning bed. Oh, same. Planet Sun or like whatever it was called at Penn State. And she would be like, like, sneak us in. (laughs) We literally walked past it. Thank God it's gone, went out of business. I would go to the one, you would put your hands up and you would literally be naked and they would just like burn your nipples. Like you were just naked. But you have the Playboy bunny sticker on so that you could see how tan you got, right? Oh my God. So yeah, (laughs) don't go tanning. Like there's no even way to like call people in kindly to that one. Like we're done. No. Listen to last week's episode or a few weeks back about skin checks. Like we're not, we're not doing this anymore. Um, But I do want to definitely echo what you said. I said these exact, literally these exact words. I was talking to my one girlfriend, you know, we're walk- we walked probably like five miles on campus on Sunday. It was beautiful. We were walking through all the buildings and you know, everywhere. And, and I said that out loud, I said, gosh, this is so 
fun and so amazing. And I'm so grateful right now for this moment. And I just wish so badly that like, I could have had this perspective back then because I don't remember ever doing that. Yes. Because I was so obsessed. Like maybe I ran around campus a few times, but it was always with the intent of shrinking my body. And I remember so many hours spent at white building or rec or the IM building, like on the lift goal, on the arc trainer, trying to burn as many calories as possible. And like, it was just so amazing on Sunday to walk around and it was such a beautiful day and just take in the campus. And I'm like, Oh, that is absolutely something I agree with and wish I could go back and have done differently. You know what diet culture and like that continual pursuit really does take away from you though, is like, yes, to all of the things that we've said so far, but also the ability to just be in the moment and be present. Because even if, I had done that in college, which I'm sure maybe I had done once or twice. I don't remember. Because your intent was to shrink your body, right? Right. It's never to just like look at the scenery. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, yeah, we could tell people right now, like, go for a walk and be present. But like, if your intention is to shrink your body and like, yeah, track your steps and calorie burn, like if the intention doesn't change, then it doesn't matter what the behavior is. And so... I totally agree with you like a hundred percent. And it's, oh, it's just, it was such like, I kept saying to my girlfriends, I'm just like, I don't even know what I'm feeling right now. Like I was like happy, but I was sad and I was nostalgic and I was grateful. And it was just like such like a, I I couldn't even name an emotion. I guess nostalgia would be it, but it was just this weird mixture of like so many emotions the whole weekend. I, I had my two of my girlfriends from college over at my house two weekends ago with like, they each have two kids now. And then my son and my parents stopped over because they live really close and like to say hi. My dad was like, guys, like, is this something you dreamed about? Like, 15 years ago, like being blah, blah, blah. And two of us were like, yes, like we always did. Blah, like it's a dream come true. And my one friend who like, just feels differently about her current scenario. I don't even know how I would say it. She was like, absolutely not. <laughs> we were cracking up because she's so honest and blunt and like incredible in that way. And just like, no, <laughs> but like, but yes, it's amazing. But it's just like, so it's so interesting because some part of me, yes, always wanted this, but like no part of me ever like thought about like the future when I was in those moments. Because again, my whole purpose of life and like being on this planet was to be the smallest version possible of myself. And like, that's crazy to think about. <laughs> yeah. But like, what a joy that we're here now that it's like, cause I can't, you know, I, and I know you probably talk with so many mothers or at least like, you know, interact with so many on your page and in your community and the amount of moms now that I work with of all walks of life that are like, I would do anything to go back and like, be with my babies when I wasn't entrenched in diet culture. And it's like, I'm so grateful that that's not me. Yeah. Like, and it's not at the comparison of like better in college than then, but it's just, I think of the different seasons of life and I'm like how we kind of started this episode. I think I do this in every season. And I think I'll probably do it now where like, if we're lucky enough to have kids in the, you know, more children in the future, 
I probably wished away stuff now or wasn't as present or didn't realize how air quotes, maybe easier it is with one versus two and a toddler running around. And it's like every stage of life. I think we do that where we don't recognize how good we have it or focus on the present and the gratitude that we have in the moment. And so I feel like that's just the theme of the episode. It is. And it's so, I need to like hold space and recognize the fact that it's so hard. So hard. So hard to do that. It's like little glimmers of it. (laughs) I resonate with everything you're saying and I feel it so deeply. And like, I even just like now being pregnant and I'm like, this could be my last baby. Like, I don't know. And I need to really be present and enjoy this. And then this morning I I went to the gym and I was like, this fucking sucks. (laughs) Like, because I was like burping and like, can't move and was wishing away like this stage that I'm like, listen, it's it's not getting any easier for me. I was gonna say, so like, like, you're allowed to be excited for the baby, but also like pregnancy fucking sucks in a lot. So like both can be true. Right. It's that and statement. Yes. But but it is so true. I think back on not necessarily the diet culture piece of, and you know, I'd be dishonest if I didn't say that I did feel some of like those old feelings creep back in postpartum, but you know, it wasn't that that was holding me back. It was like the hustle culture mentality of like getting back to, you know, work and like work in the same as it was, let's say in 2020, which you and I have talked about off air. And it's like this pressure and feeling to like keep up and be part of, which took me away from, you know, moments with Noah that I'll never get back. So my intention this time around is to hopefully approach that differently, but like it's hard (laughs) because (laughs) the other feelings and pressures don't just like go away. Yes. So holding space for everybody who can resonate. And also like, like you said, beginning of this episode, the awareness is the first step. And like the awareness is necessary to move on to the next step. So like, yay for us for being aware (laughs) and let's see what we do with it. (laughs) Yes. And like, like we've said, no matter what walk of life you're in, I think this lesson is so valid and like you said will continue to be something that we're working on for the rest of our lives forever and i'm sure our parents can relate to it too in like different ways you know like it's just there's just so many opportunities to be distracted and so many opportunities to like practice presence Mm. i love that is there anything else you want to do before we wrap i feel like this is like a perfect little bow on that yeah i would just say If you are currently in one of the stages of life that we've described, we're not, there's no judgment. If you have these same feelings um, and you're currently in them, bringing awareness to the fact that they're there and they're coming up and that you might have the ability to create some change um, for future you. Yeah, I love that. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. So if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all of your friends and faves, and don't forget to rate and review and let us know what you want to hear more of. The more we hear from you, the more that we can make these episodes exactly what you want. We would also love to connect with you on Instagram at whatTheActualForkPod. 
We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you, we appreciate you, and we will see you next week for more fun.